Hi there, Pastor Austin Vonnercheck here. Thank you for joining us at Rosewood Church Online. My prayer for you is that this message by our guest pastor and friend will be used by God to bless, teach, and challenge you today. And whether you call Rosewood home and are catching up on a past message, or you're one of our many long-distance partners who tune in every week, would you consider giving back to support the ministries and missions of Rosewood Church? You can do so easily through our website, rosewoodchurch.org. And if you're listening and you're local to the West Michigan area, we would love to have you in person when the time is right for you. And again, I pray this blesses you and helps you grow in your love of Jesus Christ. Well, I greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. My name is Eric Peterson. I'm a pastor out at Benjamin's Hope. I've preached here before, and it's such a honor to be with you again. Austin and I go way back, and thank you, Austin, for the invitation to be here on this Pentecost Sunday, the day when we celebrate and remember the giving of the gift of the Holy Spirit to Christ's church and really the birth of, of the church. And so we're so grateful that, uh, that you've joined us. We're so grateful for those of you who have joined us online. Um, before we get into the Word, I didn't even ask Austin if I could do this, so I'm just doing it. I'm just doing it because Benjamin's Hope, which is where I'm from, we are in kind of a staffing crisis so I'm asking if you would do something this afternoon. Sometimes when you remember, if you would go to our Facebook page, which is if you just type Benjamin's Hope in and search us, and you would look for our hiring post, if you would repost that on your social media, that would help us so much. We have a significant need of staff, and we're grateful for your help in that way. And also, if you would pray for us, that the Lord would direct just the right staff for us. We we are an all-abilities residential facility. We need direct care staff, and your prayers would be so helpful. So with that in mind, let's pray before we go into God's Word. Lord God, we thank you for your Word. We thank you for this passage that reminds us of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on your church. Lord, empowered to bear witness to the good news of Jesus. Lord, we trust that you are here with us, that your presence and your Holy Spirit is here with us in this place. Um, Lord, as we sang this morning, we welcome you here, understanding that you're here with us. But we ask that you would make us more aware of your presence in this place and in our lives. We love you and we pray in your name. Amen. So you guys are working your way through Acts this summer. We're just at the front end of that. So we're in Acts chapter 2, a fitting passage for... Pentecost Sunday. Uh, this is Acts 2, and it's the giving of the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to start with verse 1 of Acts chapter 2. Uh, the passage will be up here on the screen. I'll be reading from God's Word, the New International Version. So hear God's Word. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. They meaning the, the disciples and followers of Jesus. Jesus had told them, you'll remember last week, to stay and wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit, and that they would be witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So that's who the they is referring to here. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other tongues 
as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all of these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthenians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my Spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the Word of God. So we're thinking about this idea of Pentecost, and I wanted to think about um, the connection between Passover and Pentecost and how Jesus was kind of the fulfillment of Passover and how the Holy Spirit coming was the fulfillment of Pentecost. So we're going to think about those things. So there were three festivals in the Jewish world that all Israelite males were required to leave wherever they were living and go to Jerusalem together and attend that festival. There was Passover, there was Pentecost, and then there was Sukkot, or the Feast of Booths. So during those three times, all Jewish males would have to come to Jerusalem and celebrate those festivals. And that was something that had been commanded in the Old Testament. And up until this time, that's what would happen. And that's one of the reasons that all of these people from all these different places, which we heard, right, were gathered together in Jerusalem for the, the remembrance of Pentecost. Pentecost is actually uh, a Greek word, or it's, a, it's an English word taken from the Greek, um, Pentecostos, which means 50th. It would have been the 50th day after the festival or the, the, the feast of first fruits, which was the first Sunday 
of the Passover festival. So if we kind of think back to Jesus and his, and this is such an interesting thing that we're celebrating the Lord's Supper this morning, right? Jesus, when he was celebrating the Passover meal with his disciples in the upper room, right? He took some of those elements of the things that they were remembering. You'll remember that the Jews would remember that they were, they were released from captivity in Egypt. That was what the Passover festival was all about, was remembering that they, would, they had painted the blood of the lamb on the doorposts of their homes, and the, the avenging angel passed over their homes, and that was when they were released from captivity in Egypt, and, and the Lord rescued them and redeemed them from their captivity and their slavery in Egypt. And Jesus, right, 50 days earlier, had taken the bread and the cup, and he had said, you know, you remember certain things in this meal about being freed from Egypt, but from now on, I want you to remember something different. I want you to remember me. I want you to remember my broken body and my poured out blood and that you've been redeemed and rescued from your enslavement to sin through my sacrifice for you. So in Passover, Jesus kind of takes those elements and refocuses them on himself. So the redemption of Jesus is what we remember in Passover. Well, in Pentecost, which was 50 days later, and that's what the, the festival that they're remembering now, that, that in the ancient Jewish world, in, in, in the Israelite world, was the feast where they, they were taking the ingathering of the wheat harvest. And they were thanking God for providing for them. And they would, they would do all sorts of things to thank, thank Him. They would bring sacrifices of bread and sacrifices of animals and thank Him for providing for them, for, for providing for, for their needs for that year. And it was a time of celebration and thanking God for provision. So in Passover, we, we remember redemption. But in Pentecost, the Israelites were remembering God's provision for them. And so in a new way now, we see God providing for His people in a much deeper way. He's providing His very presence his very spirit to indwell them and empower them and give them what they need for the life that's ahead of them, right? And so this is what's a beautiful thing of um, these festivals. Jesus came in fulfillment of these. It's a beautiful connection between the Old Testament and the New Testament. So in Passover, we remember the redemption that we have in Christ. Here at Pentecost, 50 days later, we remember the provision of God given through His Holy Spirit, His indwelling presence within us to empower us and give us what we need for the life ahead of us. And so the empowerment, you can go to the next slide, the empowerment specifically for these disciples at this time, and I think for us as well, the, the, the main gift of the Holy Spirit is to empower us for witness, to empower us to bear witness to the good news of Jesus. You'll remember, and I'm quite sure that Austin preached on this last week in Acts chapter 1. Re remember Jesus said, if we flip back, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, 
which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then the disciples said, hey, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And Jesus says, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Which is, in some ways, a restating of the Great Commission where Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and and lo, I will be with you always till the very end of the age. The way that Jesus is with us to do that work of making disciples and bearing witness is through this giving of the Holy Spirit. These disciples were empowered to bear witness. And and the way that they did that was they were given the ability to speak in languages that they had not learned, which is an unbelievable gift in this moment, right? Um, Sometimes we think of speaking in tongues as a heavenly language, and there are times in the Scriptures later in the New Testament when Paul talks about speaking in kind of a heavenly language, the ability to connect with God in this heavenly language. In this particular passage, tongues is not that heavenly language. Tongues, in the interpretation that we look at, is really the ability to speak in the languages that the people who were gathered from all different parts of the scattered people of God um, and the Jews that had come together for this festival, they were able to hear the good news of Jesus in their home language. And so the empowerment given here and the, more, the most specific empowerment of the Holy Spirit in this moment was the ability to bear witness, just like Jesus said, wait You're going to get a gift, and you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem. This is the first part of that promise, right? In Jerusalem, as as Pastor Austin and others unfold the Scriptures in the book of Acts in weeks to come, you'll see that movement out from Jerusalem and then to Judea and Samaria. And now we're living in the time where that witness is going out now to the ends of the earth. Empowered for witness. That is the main work of the Holy Spirit. Certainly the Holy Spirit gives us gifts, right? The Holy Spirit bears fruit in our lives. Sometimes we think about that passage in Galatians on the fruit of the Spirit, right? Love and joy and peace and patience. God grows those things in us. But ultimately the work of the Holy Spirit for the growth of the church and the fulfilling of the commission that Jesus gave us is the Holy Spirit empowers us to bear witness to the good news of Jesus in this world. That's what he came to give us as the greatest gift. You can go to the next slide. I think what's interesting also about this passage is that this church, this beginning of the church, is a church in many ways of immigrants and outsiders, right? People that were not insiders from Jerusalem but all of these immigrants from different places, right? From, from Parthian and Mede and Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontius in Asia, all these places where these people had come for this festival, they were all Jews. So at this point, this is still to the Jewish people. 
We're going to look forward in a few weeks and you'll see that, that God has a plan for non-Jews as well, or Gentiles. That's the word that, that sometimes is used in Scripture for non-Jews. But this is a church, a beginning of the church, that's, that would be considered outsiders. People that were not part of the, the inner circle. These inner circle disciples of Jesus and followers of Jesus, in many ways, if you look at their calling and their being called to follow Jesus, they also were, were, could have been considered outsiders, not part of the inside. And I think that's really important for us to remember as followers of Jesus. Who is it that God is calling? God is calling all to himself. And so often we get kind of connected with insiders in our life, people who are like us and look like us and speak like us. We could see in this pouring out of the Holy Spirit, in this picture, that God has a desire to reach those who are far off, oftentimes immigrants, outsiders, people who we wouldn't imagine would be part of God's plan for redemption. And this would have been an amazing thing even for the disciples too, like, wow, this is really happening. Jesus is saying, them too, right? So let's go to that next slide. Them too, the foreshadowing of the unfolding of the book of Acts. So, so often, I think, as we read the Scriptures, and we, especially when we read the book of Acts, it's hard for us to imagine how paradigm-breaking this was for the Jewish people of the time. They had a thought that God was going to come in a certain way. And you'll even see that in the language from Acts chapter 1 when the disciples who had been following Jesus and under His teaching and hearing Him for all these many years of His ministry, they still thought, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They still had a vision of God moving in a certain way. But Jesus is breaking out of that box in this unfolding and giving of the gift of the Holy Spirit and empowering them to bear witness to all these people who are from all these different places is, is paradigm shifting and mind-blowing in many ways to these disciples. And I think sometimes that's lost on us. Sometimes it's lost on us just how big a vision God has for the saving of the world. And I want us to have that same vision of, of who is it in our lives that we might wonder, like, them too? They're part of God's plan of redemption? Um, think about the people in your life that are far off. Think about the people in your life that sometimes you might have a judgmental heart toward. I want you to think about who is the them too in your life that God might have a plan of reaching and how might He be empowering you to bear witness to that person that's in your orbit. Because as Peter says and goes on to say at the end of his passage where he quotes the prophet Joel, he says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is Peter kind of understanding it for the first time, and really it's an unfolding understanding. You'll get that as the book of Acts unfolds you'll get that these disciples have an unfolding understanding of like, oh wow, them too? Them too? Austin will get into that in weeks to come when, when certain Gentiles are coming and they receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and they are baptized into God's family and they're like, wait a minute, them too? 
I want us to have a vision that is global in scale for what God has planned for the world and his good news. Because it's clear in this passage that God desires all to come to him and all to come and receive the gift of salvation through his son Jesus. Everybody is being drawn to God. Not everybody receives that gift, but God desires that all would be part of his family. So if we fast forward to the end or near the end of Acts chapter 2, Peter continues uh, his sermon, his sometimes called the Pentecost Day sermon, where he, he, he communicates um, about the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus and the salvation available to, to, to people through him. So he says this, starting in verse 36, let, Therefore let all Israel be assured of this, God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you, and your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them, and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. So Peter and the other disciples were empowered to bear witness to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. You too, through accepting the gift of salvation through Jesus, have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. You've been empowered to bear witness wherever the Lord has placed you to tell others about the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, the salvation available through his name. And uh, I'd encourage you as we come to the table today to reflect on the redemption that you have through Jesus when Jesus took these elements, they were indeed very likely celebrating and remembering the Passover feast. Remember the redemption that you have through Jesus. Remember the provision and thank God for the provision that he's given you through the gift of the Holy Spirit. And reflect on who you may be called to bear witness to in your life because the greatest gift of the Holy Spirit is to empower us and to provide what we need to bear witness in this world. And uh, as that Holy Spirit moved, moved from Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria, and now here in Jenison, Michigan even, right, you have been given that gift to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Jesus, for the redemption available through you, Lord, as you took the bread and took the cup and you said, remember me when you take these elements. Remember that you've been rescued and redeemed from your enslavement to sin through my death and resurrection. Lord, we thank you for the provision that we remember at Pentecost, Lord. The Israelites remembered your provision of wheat. We remember your provision of the Holy Spirit for providing what we need and empowering us to bear witness in the world. Lord, help us 
to do that work, Lord, in the places where we're called, in our workplaces, in our families, with our friends, Lord. Help us to know that you've given us what we need to share the good news available through you, King Jesus. We love you, we praise you, and we pray in your name. Amen. Thank you again for making Rosewood a part of your day. Now go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thank you again for making Rosewood a part of your day. Now go in peace to love and serve the Lord.